you know, before you get mad at that person that's sitting at the stoplight for too long, or, or before you, you know, you get mad at that person on the subway, or before you think that person's like weird looking and he's walking kind of weird and you think he's strange, realize that they are 100% factually within them holding a beautiful story and a beautiful story that is waiting to be read, waiting to be listened to. So know that there's strangers all around us, but, um, you know, they're not really that strange. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week, In this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. There's a good chance you've seen the content on social media created by today's guest. Each video gets millions of views. You know those videos where on the thumbnail it says stories from a stranger or notes to a stranger? Hunter Prosper asks strangers questions like, what was the name of your first love and why did you fall in love with them? And what is the worst pain you felt that wasn't physical? The vulnerability, honesty, and openness that pours out from strangers he talks to will move you. Through the space that Hunter creates and the responses he receives, it will help you remember that we're more alike than we're different. During the episode, we talk about his relationship with his mom and his feelings towards his dad, his career and how that's played a part in the content he creates. I ask him some of the questions he asked strangers on his page, and much more. Everybody, I want to welcome uh, Hunter to the podcast. Thank you for being here, buddy. Justin, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. It's cool, man. I feel like a lot of people have seen so many of your videos. Um, they're so moving. They're so touching. It is incredible to see these intimate parts of people that you know we don't ever see from strangers. And uh, one of my favorite things just in what you're doing and having these conversations and asking these questions. It's so amazing, man. It's the vulnerability that you're bringing to the table and something that I've, I've, I've was thinking about over the past couple of days. It's like, it's a lot to do with you. You know what I mean? You have to be giving off a certain vibration to make 
to allow people to feel comfortable, to feel vulnerable, to feel open, to feel like they can share these experiences and these things that they may have never shared before, or maybe they have, but maybe not with somebody brand new and a stranger that's going to go on social media and have millions of people see. So I love the vulnerability that you are creating, that space that you are creating with these other people is so awesome to see, man. I just want to give you love for that because it is you that is helping bring that forth. You know what I mean? And bringing that out of these people. So cool. Well, Justin, thank you so much. And well, we can sit here all day if you're going to praise me like that. Wow. (laughs) I uh, thank you. I I really mean that though. That really means a lot to me. Um, I have to give a shout out to the people that I interview though. Um, I do feel as though I can put off a, a good vibration. I'm happy that, that you're able to sense that, but it's, if a camera was put in my face, even, even when I, when I give permission, I get so nervous. The fact that some of these strangers are just like poets on the street. Mm. Um, I, I get lucky in that sense too. So yeah. but thank you. Yeah. Can I ask you, I mean, it's a humility is a great thing, but also self-love and self-acknowledgement and self-awareness is a beautiful thing too. It's like, it's okay to acknowledge when we are in a really high, good version of ourselves. And when we are putting out love and bringing these, you know, these amazing best versions out of people as well. Have you thought about that before that you have that sort of a gift that you are able to create that sort of an environment for other people? Well, Justin, I think that I, I I sense that it's what I like to do. I didn't know if I was good at it, but I knew that I like to do it because I'm a nurse. Um, I graduated 2019. So since then I've been a nurse. Um, I was an ICU nurse through COVID and I'm currently a neurotrauma nurse. Uh, I'm travel nursing. I'm in San Francisco right now. Um, And the whole time I would always notice like, oh man, my friends are really good at like med calculations or I'd be like, oh, these coworkers are so good at at, um, you know, working with these certain types of medications and titrating these drips. Why is everyone so smart? But then I realized that what I was good at was sort of sitting in the room with the person and letting them cry. Or I was really good at sitting in the room or sitting in bed with them and, and just being that shoulder for them to like lean on or that ear for that they could talk to. That was like something that I always got praised for in the workforce was how good I was at making someone feel good. Um, and I think that I never put a lot of merit to that because I just thought it, it was what it was. I was like, oh yeah, that's just, I'm just being a nurse. I'm just doing it. Um, until I started making these videos and I started seeing these people open up and I was like, wow, this, uh, I don't know if this is a normal thing. I, like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if people are able to do this type of thing. Uh, I think being your vulnerable self and being your honest 100% self and being ready to listen more than talking is, uh, is, is really how I get there. You know, mm-hmm. dude. So, uh, you tapping into what feels good for you and what, you know, what resonated with you and what you were good at is so important, right? Cause you see all the other nurses doing these other things and you kind of be like, why, like, why are they good at that? Why am I not good at that? Why, why are they getting that? And I'm not, but it, it is everybody. It's tapping into what feels right for us. Because we can offer gifts to the world that other people just can't. And that's okay. It's like, that's like the beauty of it. We're all diverse. We're all unique. There's things that we can bring to the table that no one else can. And like you, ah, it's, I mean, it's so good, man. You tapped into that for you. You realized what felt good. You realized what you were good at and you opened your heart and you let that flow. And there's something I think just so imperative for people to 
to focus in on that and for us to put attention and awareness on when something like that happens, because it is so important for our happiness and our joy and our growth, um, us being our own individuals. Um, because we have all those moments, like we'll, we'll kind of compare ourselves to someone else. It's like, well, why, well, they have that. Why don't I have that? But it's like, well, what do we have? What are we beautiful at? What touches our heart? What, make, what makes us feel amazing? And it's just, it's so cool to see that you tapped into that, man. It's awesome. Thank you, Justin. I, I echo that. Like I said, I, I would go into to work and I don't know what it was, but my brain just couldn't do the things that some of my friends are doing. And it'd be easy. Like th- there'd be a patient freaking out. Right. And I need to, uh, they were really dangerous for themselves or for the nurses around them. So we'd have to restrain them. Like we'd have to restrain their arms so they wouldn't hurt themselves. And I, I just, I didn't, I was like, I don't even know how to tie these restraints. Like I, my brain just didn't work the right way. I mean, I had to teach myself everything. I eventually got proficient at all those things, but it's because I had to teach myself it. Um, the only thing that ever came natural to me was just listening to people and talking to people. And that's the thing. It's like, that's what it is. Like what comes natural to us? Like, and I feel like when we're not, being super logical, when we're not thinking like crazy, when we're not being, being in fear, not comparing ourselves to others, when we just think what is natural to us, I think that is literally our soul speaking through us. And not exactly can, like, not to interrupt, but like, yeah, what are you when the dust settles? Like, like yeah. who are you? Like, like calm down and, and find your foundation, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and um, one of the, things I loved about your page too, is I saw on your TikTok and your Instagram in your bio, what you have up there. And, uh, we'll get to Hunter's page later. Everyone definitely check it out. Um, but at the top it says we're more alike than we're different. And I could not agree more with that, but I want to ask you Hunter, like, why do you feel that way? What are some of the experiences that you've had in life that make you have that uh, outlook on that? So I think, so there's two stories here and, and I'll get into both, but the first one is from a medical side. Um, my first job ever, I was in the cardiothoracic transplant unit, uh, in Pittsburgh. It was an amazing unit, one of the best in the country. And, uh, they do, they do LVADs for anyone that's listening that, that understands these terminologies, just a bunch of words, but they do a lot of intense things. Uh, one of which is heart transplant. They, the beautiful patient. Um, I'm not going to say their name to perfect, to protect their privacy, but the story of it is they, uh, had heart failure. Um, they were at a, a moderate, you know, middle age and they needed a heart transplant. If they didn't get one, they were objectively going to, to pass away. They, they weren't, their heart wasn't doing what it needed to do. Um, waiting for a donor, waiting for a donor, waiting for a donor. And finally, you know, all, you essentially say last minute we found a donor. The operation went through, it was a success. Uh, the person now is walking normally, hanging out with their grandchildren, hanging at home. That heart that that person got, I will say this, the person was that got the heart was 6'3", six, 6'4", six, huge person, like tall, like built, uh, very physically built. You could tell like in their prime, man, they were probably like a, a linebacker or something. Um, very tall person. Got the heart from... Uh, five, two woman, uh, petite, small, um, this, this burly, tall individual now has the heart of, a, of what would be considered a very petite woman, uh, five, one, five, two, um, functioning perfectly now. And that really showed me that 
I mean, we're interchangeable. We, we, are, we are a species, we're human. Uh, we, we are able to literally help each other survive. Um, so objectively speaking, we are a lot more alike than we think we're different. That guy, 6'3", walking next to that girl that's five foot, they're very, very similar, um, at least from, from that perspective. So I, I think whenever, whenever I found that, that really just shook me to my core that the fact that we can ever disagree on issues because of maybe the color of our skin or even our ideas that we have, it's just mind boggling to me because I don't think that enough of us have an intimate understanding of how extremely alike we all are. Um, and then the other thing growing up is just uh, every single person has this beautiful story. And I heard some of the best stories I've ever heard in my life growing up uh, from people who didn't look a thing like me mm. um, in towns that weren't near mine, um, in states, in different countries. Uh, whenever I was in college, I would go to different countries and I'd help them uh, at their, their hospitals or things like that. And these people would have gorgeous stories and they, uh, I never would have thought uh, walking across the street, you'd think, oh, that person looks a totally different way. They walk a different way. They sound different than me. But whenever you tell a story, you realize, oh, they've had fear like I've had fear. They've had anxiety like I've been anxious. They've loved like I've loved. They've been heartbroken like I've been heartbroken. Um, and then you realize that that should bring us all closer, knowing that we're experiencing this, this human condition the same way. Mm. And that's what your, your videos show that, man, because in watching your videos, there could be somebody who looks nothing like me at all. But when you ask them one of the questions that you ask them and it opens them up and we see into the universe of a human that they are, not just this one layer. That's like the thing too, that blows my mind. It's like our physical is one tiny aspect. It's like the smallest little blip of literally the universe that we have inside of us and who we are, but we place so much judgment and just so much worth on what somebody looks like. And I'll do the same thing when I'll see somebody just like an initial reaction. It's like, oh, they don't look that much. Ah, they're not much like me. But it's like catching, it's like working on that and catching myself to be like, we are so similar. Yeah. We are the same. There's, we're not very different at all. And that's what, again, your videos open that up, man, because I can see someone who looks like they're from a completely different aspect of life for me. But when you ask them, oh, so many good questions and they respond, it's like, wow, I've literally felt that exact same way. That, you know, the heartbreak I felt made me feel very similar to them. And it creates more of that connection because we are all connected. We are all one, but um, it's in your videos, man, really that, that allows us to see that in another person. We go so much deeper and further than just their physical. We jump into a dimension of their life that we would have never known before, unless you ask that sort of a question and open them up. I agree. And I think the videos, it's important to note that they do the same thing for me that they're doing for everyone else. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, I, whenever I'm listening to it and I'm editing it and distilling it down, because a lot of these interviews tend to be 30 to 45 minutes long um, because I'm sitting there with the phone in my hand and I'm just kind of drifting off listening to the person talk. Like I'm so entranced and like listening to them that I forget the phone's even there. Uh, so by the time the conversation's over, like, hey, man, I got to go. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. They leave and I look at my phone. I got 50 minutes of raw footage. As I'm looking through it, I'm feeling the same, I, I think I'm feeling the same thing that people are getting from these videos of like, wow, like we are all so unique, but so incredibly the same. <laughs> I'm like, how cool is that? There is, and that's why I like, I love our uniqueness. I love how we're our own individual self, but it's like, it's one of those divine, uh, divine dichotomies, right? Where you're saying opposite things, 
but they're the same, right? So like literally we are insanely different. We're all unique. We're all our own person, but we're all very much the same. And that's like what a, a divine dichotomy means. It's like when you're saying things that are opposite, but they're actually connecting in, in a way. And um, it's just, it's, it's so true. And uh, in those videos, man, you, I'm just, I'm thinking back on some of them right now. And I'm like, people really come out. They really come forth with who they are and how they feel. And that's why when I see your videos, man, it's awesome. You're talking to random people. It's awesome to hear stories from somebody else. But like what I really pull from that is how alike we all are and how incredibly beautiful vulnerability is. If we could all be more vulnerable, because to me, vulnerability, that space is where somebody feels safe. They feel at home. They feel secure. They feel non-judged. And if we could all respond and act in that sort of a way from that sort of a state all the time, think about how different the world would be. I agree. Yeah. I, I came growing up uh, idolizing people who didn't show vulnerability. <laughs> Whenever yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a kid, I think that I, I admired if I saw my grandfather, uh, you know, not crying after something, or if I, yeah. if I saw him looking off in the sunset, but I was like, Oh, you know, he's, he's just thinking about stuff. You know, he's not contemplating anything. <laughs> like he, He's such a simple man, you know, nothing, nothing's bothering him. I think that lack of vulnerability um, sort of, it, it was important for me because it made me have to experience these raw emotions when I grew up and they hit me like a flood of like, Oh, what is happening? Like, I thought I wasn't supposed to cry. I thought I wasn't supposed to like be sad about this stuff. I thought after a heartbreak, I was supposed to be so cool and like this cool bachelor. And like, I thought after losing someone, you know, it's fine. Like I'll just, I'll see them again, maybe someday or, or you know, whatever. I'm not supposed to be sad. Um, and doing these stories, I think it really showed me that vulnerability, uh, just being yourself, you have to feel these emotions. You don't have to be stoic and happy all the time. You need to just accept emotions as they come because that's part of the human condition. Dude. And that just made me think about that. Something else that you're really helping opening up and it's something I try to do all the time. And I think just you as a person, you're doing this as well. It's showing the rawness and, and, and that vulnerability in men. Because we don't write like literally what you just yeah. said. I grew up in the same way. Yeah. My, did. Yeah, my grandpa didn't cry in front of me. My grandpa fought in a war and he <laughs> wasn't, you know what I mean? He wasn't being too open to me in that way. I, th I think he probably thought he had to be this tough figure, you know, for his grandson. And that's cool. That's how mm -hmm. we grew up. It's all, it's all love. You know what I mean? But I think when you're, you're asking these men of all different walks of life. And you're asking like these older men and they're expressing themselves and the truth of who they are. And that, that right there too is showing people and showing men that it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be open. You know what I mean? Like that is really, truly so important. I think we need more men to do that. You know what I mean? Because it is yeah. something, like you said, a lot of us, I think grew up in where that just wasn't accepted to show emotion or to feel them. You were, you were kind of told just like toughen up, like just yep. heartbreak. Don't worry about it. Keep moving on. And you're asking people deliberately, like, what is the heartbreak you felt? And you're bringing that out of, you're bringing that out of men. And it's, it's crucial for the younger, I mean, all generations, but I think even like the younger generation to, to see that and to know it's okay. You know what I mean? It's okay to express yourself. So I think, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy whenever I'm walking on the street and I see someone and, and I have that preconceived 
notion that you talked about earlier i'm like i don't want to approach that person like yeah. they, they look really cool they're wearing a cool cowboy hat man they look like uh john wayne they look so cool like i'm not gonna walk up to them i decide to walk up to them and they give me this beautiful response of maybe the first heartbreak or the worst pain they felt or uh who they fell in love with um and i'm like wow i was not expecting that. i was not expecting to cry right now <laughs> yeah uh and it's 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 like, I have gratitude for you because you give people, you allow people to experience it. You give them the opportunity to experience that. And you give them the opportunity to be open and to help change the world. It's cool. Um, well, thank you. Of course, man. I just really, I love what you're doing. It goes layers, 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 layers deep. You know what I mean? It's not just this very simple. I'm asking like a easy question. You're really, really pulling back the layers and like opening things up to our humanity and our yeah. truth. It's beautiful to say. Well, thank you, Justin. Yeah. Wow, it's high praise. <laughs> uh, and so there's a couple of questions that you asked that I definitely want to ask you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would just be super fun because, right, you get to ask the questions all the time. And there's some moments where I'm watching and I'm like, how would Hunter respond to this? <laughs> Just because I want to know more about you and who you are, right? I'm like, how, you know, what was his heartbreak? What was this? Uh, so the first one I definitely want to ask is I saw there were a couple of videos where you asked someone, how do you describe love? Oh, how do I describe love? Yeah, no. And see, this is why I have so much respect for the strangers I ask, because I'm like, man, when I'm put in the hot seat, this is a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think um, love is so multifaceted, but I think it boils down to it's that feeling you get whenever you will do something for someone, regardless of what that thing is. And that can lead to something toxic, but that can also lead to something beautiful. Um, you're willing to put yourself out there for someone without even second guessing. Um, and that can be platonic. That can be non-platonic. Uh, it can be in a romantic way or not. But uh, whenever I think of love, like I think of like me with my mom. Um, I, I love her so much and she loves me so much that I know that I would do anything for her. Um, I, every day I, I wake up and I think uh, about my mother and, and I know every day that she wakes up, she thinks about me. And I feel like that's love. Like mm -hmm. whenever you, whenever, even when you're with someone, you're, you're longing to be with them. That's love for me, I guess. <laughs> I just wanted to sit in that for a second. Literally. That's why I just wanted to be quiet and like be in that for a second. Nice. Yeah. That's good, man. You talked about your mom a few times. Is your, do you have a relationship with your dad? Is he still around? So that's a good question, Justin. Actually, you know, you'll be surprised. I talk about my mom all the time and no one ever really asked about my father. Um, my father, no, we, we don't have a relation really at all. I don't, uh, I know, I know of him. Um, I certainly know like who he is, but, uh, yeah, not, not to get too down in the rabbit hole, but I last time I saw him, I believe I was five years old. I was four or five years old. Um, and I guess he just uh, was busy. I guess he's dead. <laughs> I don't know how to contact him. I don't know like where he lives or like what he does. Um, it is interesting. Anytime that I, I people get close into my life, they do always want to know about my father and stuff. So they'll like always make me look him up on Facebook or something like that. And I can't usually ever find it, but I think there was this one time in college, uh, I was in the library and, and I was seeing someone at the time and they're like, you need to look up your dad. And I was like, okay, I'll go. I'll look him up. So I was like 20, I guess, 21. 
and I looked him up and I'm pretty sure I found him. Um, and he, he has like family, stuff like that, you know? So shout out to, shout out to that. <laughs> I have a family. I hope, wish them the best for sure. But my mom, my mom has been, she plays such a huge role because she, uh, was broke, <laughs> a broke single mother raising me. And not only was she a single mother, but she had to play the father role too. Um, as a, a kid growing up, like there's certain things that a father is supposed to teach a son that I didn't have, but I was able to have because my mother was able to be like, you know what? I'm going to teach you how to shave with the grain, with your beard. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to teach you, you know, where to, where to cut your neckline whenever you shave. I'm going to teach you, you know, how to play in mud and how to throw a tight spiral with a football. Um, I got real good with baseball and I, and I owe a lot of that credit to my mom. Like she was like, don't be scared of the ball like this. And if that thing's going to hit you, let it. And you know, stuff like that. Like she, she had to put on a hat that I know she wasn't comfortable wearing. And she, and she had to say a lot of things that moms, you know, typically would be like, don't let them do that. But she had to turn that off for a second to play the other role and be like, okay, you're going to go do this. We just won't tell mom (laughs) whenever she's supposed to be the mom as well. So I know that that probably gave her a lot of anxiety. Um, And I know that it, it probably was hard for her to watch her son, watch other people play with their fathers. Um, at the time I didn't feel anything that was wrong because my mom did such an amazing job making me not feel that. But I know for her, she thought innately that I needed a father figure and she, she may have, she may have felt like she failed me. And I I want her to know that that couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, she, she really stepped up and and she did that for me. So, Mm. you know, shout out to her. (laughs) Hunter, have you ever, what you just said was made, uh, made me feel so good, man. And like, have you ever said that directly to your mom before? A lot. If whenever the opportunity presents itself, I always do. I, I, I but, 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 but it's hard because it's almost like you can't, I know I'm verbalizing it with you right now, Justin, but I still can't, like, I can't, I can't make you feel what I'm feeling right now. And I can't make her feel what I'm feeling. I want her to know it's almost like a, a parent's love for their children. The children may never truly understand how deep that love is. It's like, I, I don't think that she can understand really what that means. But then again, she, you know, she, she probably does. She's my mom. So <laughs> dude, I feel like she has a good grip and understanding of what it means. Cause you even saying it right now to me, like, I really feel you. Like I can really feel that. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, because I, I, I touch on parts of my life with my mom. You know what I mean? So like that, in that way too, we're very different experiences, but very similar in the same way. We're like, I, yeah. I, I really felt very touched by that. And I just wanted to make sure that you tell your mom. And I honestly, when I asked that question, I'm like, I bet Hunter tells her this, this seems so natural the way you're talking about it right yeah. now. Like I'm betting, I'm no, betting you told her that before. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And it's funny. Cause I had different iterations of it growing up. So whenever I was like six years old, maybe I was like, I love you, mommy. And whenever I was like 10, I was like, I love you the most mom. And maybe when I was a teenager, I was like, you know, mom, like you're really cool. And then whenever I was like 20, I was like, you know, mom, you like did a lot of cool things for me. And now like being, you know, 25, 26, I'm like, uh, mom, let me verbalize. Let me, let me write a novel for you. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you what you do. <laughs> Cause dude, for you to say, it's like maybe when we were younger, like she thought that she had failed me in those ways and that couldn't be further from the truth. Like, oh, yeah. So yeah, huge shout out to your mom for just crushing it in life. Um, I owe her everything. Yeah. So I want to, 
so many times in life, like we'll have these thoughts about people and they're, they're incredible and they're so loving, but we don't say them directly to that person. And I've been there before. And I thought about with my mom, I'm like, my mom knows how I feel about her, but I'm like, have I really directly said to her? Like, I appreciate you so much for this. I appreciate you for the sacrifice you made during this time. My parents got divorced when I was like three. And like, I appreciate you for all these, you know, all these different, very specific reasons and things. And dude, when I was, whew, me and my mom had a really rough relationship from about 17 to 20. And when I was saying, I was just not a, not a, not the best son, not the best human being, not the best version of myself during that time. And that's okay. I forgive myself. It's all love. And um, there was this time where we started to like reconcile a little bit and started going in that direction. And I was at college and I really self-reflected and I realized all the wrong that I had done um, and all the pain I'd really caused her. I mean, I was young. I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? I was having my own issues, but I really had realized I didn't want her to feel that way. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want her to live with those things that I had said or the way I met, I made her feel like she did so much for me. And I, I just didn't want her to, for that to sit in her heart. And I was in college and I was at my desk and I was like, I need to just get this out and express myself. And I wrote her a, um, like a long ass um, uh, note. And I remember just sitting there, spilling my heart, literally bawling, crying, and just being like, I need to get this out to her. I need to let her know how I feel. I need to express this very clearly to her the pain that I'm sorry I caused, the love, the immense love and gratitude I have for her. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had in my entire life. I literally just, tears were just streaming. Like, I, I, I don't know, last time I had cried like that before. And it felt great. And then after that, our relationship started getting better. And we had a great relationship my whole life. But during that time, you know, it kind of fell apart. And then after that, we just got stronger and stronger. And then now we have such an incredible relationship. And it was during that, like, I'm grateful for that time that we had kind of apart from each other, because I think in that and me opening up and having that sort of an experience, it absolutely made us so much closer than we ever could have been without that happening. Um, so yeah, honestly, it's just, it's so important for us to express ourselves to the people that we love. And um, I'll say this really quickly. I do a mastermind group every Thursday and I've asked people during it. I'm like, okay, talk about like somebody that you love and they'll talk all of this. And it sounds, oh my gosh, it's, it's amazing. And then I'm like, okay, all those things that you just said were beyond beautiful. We're insanely high vibrational. We're so loving. Now it's like, okay, not, not like homework, but now I implore you to go say that to that person. So like everyone listening right now, focus on somebody you love. Think about why you love them, or the gratitude, the appreciation, everything you have for them. And don't keep those thoughts to yourself. Please go share that with that person. That is an unreal experience that we get to have that a lot of us, including myself for a very long time, uh, hid from myself. So that's why I just thought that was important. I wanted to you know, just um, encourage you if you hadn't to express that to your mom, because what you have, but it's just so, so important for us to do that. I don't want to, I don't want this to take a, a abysmal turn, but I do have something that I've been, um, I'm now a neurotrauma nurse um, before I was a medical ICU nurse. Medical ICU nurses deal with uh, very chronic conditions. Neurotrauma ICU nurses deal with very acute conditions. And what that means is acute is one day you're normal, the next day you're not. Chronic is you're slowly not normal. And that's just me trying to generalize it. 
Um, so what I've been experiencing a lot is the phrase popping in my head, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. And that's such a cliche, but it's rung so true to me because now I'm starting to see in my line of work where it used to be 60, 70, 80 year olds who have, who have had a, a long time dealing with these conditions and a long time to come to grips with it. I'm now seeing 20 year olds, 25 year olds um, struck on their bicycles, or maybe they got into a fight and their head hit the ground. Um, and from a medical standpoint, if they didn't say that thing they wanted to say, they now no longer will ever be able to say it. Um, they, I don't know what their plan was tomorrow. I don't know what their plan was next week. But unfortunately, something that I do know now is that whatever it was, they will not accomplish it. They, they, they objectively, like some of these people will be in coma the rest of their life. Some of these people will have a mental delay that will, that will bring them back to being a five-year-old. Um, so if they had a regret, if they had something they wanted to say to someone, they now no longer have the privilege of tomorrow to say that. Um, so while you do have the privilege of being able to say, mom, I love you, or, or dad, why'd you leave? Or like grandpa, you know, why did you never cry? Or Hey sister, thanks for dealing with me. Um, you know, girlfriend, thank you for always putting up with me. Say those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not trying to sound morbid, but those things aren't promised. And we sometimes hear that cliche so much. We don't understand the real raw truth. So do that thing today. Exactly. That is just. And like, right. I, I appreciate what you, what you're trying to do, like not trying to bring things down or make it more, but it's just the reality. It just is what it is. And I'm like, it's the truth of that, that will actually inspire somebody to go do it. So it's like really bringing our awareness to the fact that like tomorrow literally isn't promised a minute from now isn't promised. And to, to, to not do that is letting these people's losses of tomorrow go in vain. Mm. Um, so these people who have lost their tomorrow, uh, let's, you know, something good has to come out of that. And let's let it be the spark that makes you tell that person you love them or you miss them or, you know, because like I said, those people don't have that opportunity anymore. So don't want to go in vain. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a responsibility now that I have to do. <laughs> yes. And it feels so good for everybody. Like, you know how good it feels for you to express that to somebody else? You know how good you're going to make them feel for them to hear that from somebody? Because on like these levels, like we know that my mom knows I love her, but to actually sit there very directly, specifically say the words is a whole other level of an experience that so many of us don't get to have. And I've really only had like a few of them in my life, but wow, were they unreal. Say what's on your mind, Justin, just yeah. say what's on your mind. Seriously. And do we, we came off a little bit and I'm glad that we did. Cause that was, I think that, that's something I'm very passionate about. Um, but I want to ask you just about your dad, that whole, the whole experience yeah. that you've had with him. Where's their gratitude there for you? What are you grateful for? Cause I just want to say too, I'm not pretending to know what your experience is like. I'm not pretending like it wasn't like it wasn't hard in moments. Of course, you know what I mean? But my mind always, always goes towards the gratitude and the positive. So it's like, in that experience, there is gratitude there. I Not that I know what your experience is like, not that I know what so many other experiences are like, but I know that gratitude is everywhere. So I'm just curious for you, man, where, how are you grateful for, for how your dad? Yeah, like yeah, how, the, how things transpired with him and I. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Exactly, yeah. I, I think that... Um, 
objectively i'm grateful because the person who i am today i i absolutely love like i feel like i am able to express myself how i want to express myself i'm able to do what i want to do i say what i want to say in terms of my feelings what's on my heart what's on my mind and all i know is that every single experience that i've been through in life whether it was a butterfly crossing a road when i was would i stop at a stop sign for a certain amount of time or i didn't have my father in my life every single experience in my life led me to be this person that I am today. So I have to be grateful for that. Yes. I, I, I can't say what would life be like with my father because I, I love who I am today. That means that I'm suggesting I don't like who I am if I'm not grateful for every experience, the good and the bad. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's the lowest moments in our life that we're able to, that we're able to kind of be burned down like the Phoenix, but through those ashes, we like rise up a stronger person. and. Yeah, those lowest points are really our teaching moments. Um, what do they say? Uh, you know, rough, rough seas, something about a sailor. <laughs> you got to have those experiences in life to, to become to become fully equipped to to deal with the reality of the world. And I think that those low moments help us with that. And that certainly was a low moment in my life. Um, and and I, I, I contemplate stuff sometimes for sure, because we're, we're inquisitive uh, species. <laughs> like like we 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 always think about the what ifs and, and the things like that. But all I know is that what has happened in my life led me to who I am today. And I'm incredibly proud of who I am. So I'm grateful for all that. Yes, man. I love that. Um, oh, I love that so much. And uh, it's okay if you, if you don't feel this way, but do you, do you feel any sort of love or forgiveness towards your father? Um, yeah, it's funny. We're talking about this, Justin. I was not expecting to talk about my dad. I like this. This is uh, this is therapy for me. So thank you. Um, yeah. Do I, uh, do, do I, can you ask the question again? Sorry, let me internalize No, that. it's, it's all love, man. It's, um, and I, I, I want to preface this. Like, it, it's okay. There's like, I know we're on the spread love movement podcast. You don't always have to have love. For, you know what I mean? At who you are is beautiful and it's okay. But do you now, do you have love and or forgiveness, uh, towards your father? So if, if I'm going to break this down from a psychological standpoint, I, uh, um, I have an image of my father in my head. He is, and this is just, this is just who he was in his twenties. Um, a picture in my head that, my, that I have in my house of him. It's a really small picture. I keep in this little, uh, in this little booklet and he's like a 26 year old man, you know, probably in the prime of his life. He's tall. I think he, I think he was six, four, six, five. Um, He's handsome, incredibly handsome. He's uh, he got this big old, he got this nice, this nice jaw. I think he's got like a cigarette in his mouth. You know, this is like the '90s, the eight, whatever, early '90s, whatever. Um, and he's uh, he's just looking cool. He's wearing like a suit. He's going to law school. Like he's he's cool. Um, and I love my mother so much that anyone who she fell for, ha- in my opinion, has to be the coolest dude ever. Because I'm like, dude, if if my mom can love you, like if my mom can like you enough to wanna be your girlfriend. Like you must be the coolest dude ever. So I actually went through this phase that I'm still kind of like, I guess you can say getting over where I idolize. It's so weird. I idolize my father because I don't know him. And I idolize the man that I made him in my head. So if I always picture me meeting my father and at the time, whenever, you know, I I officially knew my dad wasn't going to be in my life. I knew he lived in Chicago. Um, or I always heard stories of him in Chicago. And uh, 
just something my mom would do to make me feel better as a kid. Whenever a, a plane would go by, she would say, Hey, you know, there's your dad. He's uh he's, he's waving from you from, Oh man, she was such a strong woman, but cause she probably hates us dude, but she's always made, she's always made me not hate him. She's, yeah. she's never been like your dad's a deadbeat. Like he, a plane was flying in the sky and she said, your dad was waving as she is scraping the barrel at the lowest end jobs you can get barely making it as a single mother. But um, I always imagine myself going to Chicago in, in a bar and I walk in maybe wearing a pea coat or something. Um, I, I am a man at this point. I walk into a bar and I sit next to this person who is my father. And I talk to him and we have a great conversation at the bar. We, we laugh, we get drunk together. And then we go our separate ways and he never knows that he just talked to his son um, because I don't want it. I, I don't know. For some reason, I've just romanticized that. But my issue is when I'm imagining that, I'm seeing that picture of him in that early 90s, 25-year-old with a cigarette in his mouth. Um, the reality is, is at this point, you know, I'm, I'm 25 or 26 and he had me late. He had me when he was like 30. I mean, the dude's got to be 60, you know, like he's not going to be that 25 year old stud, but I'm imagining him as like this really cool dude that I'm like, yo, what's up? Like, we're going to be boys. We're going to hit the club together. Um, but it's not that. So I've had, I've had this realization lately that has kind of given me a little anxiety, uh, not lately as in, you know, this, this year or whatever, but within these last couple of years of like, Hey, if you ever do meet your dad, you have to realize he's not the 25 year old dude, right? Like, you know, he's, he's like 60 and, He's probably like, probably out of shape. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He's not going to be in the prime. Um, and it, and you also have to realize he he left you. You know that, right? Like, this man that you think is really cool is going to dap you up and like drink with you. Uh, first of all, he's not twenty five, and second of all, he's the type of person who can leave his child. So you have to imagine: Are you friends with people who leave their children? And right now, I tell myself, well, no, I don't have any friends that would leave their children. So then my other self responds and says. Exactly. So I don't think you're going to necessarily think this dude's cool. Like, I, I don't think you're going to meet him and be like, oh, wow, what an awesome dude. Like, you know, you kind of left the family behind. So whatever person can do that innately at baseline has to not have the best personality. I'm not saying he's a bad man, but I'm saying he can't be the best. <laughs> so it, I, I, uh, I want to say I have love for him. But the love is completely based off of this uh, creative mind that I have that has been able to create this really handsome, really tall guy who is 20. Uh, and the hunter, uh, myself today, ha is having a hard time separating that reality from the fiction of who my dad is. So do I have love for my dad? I mean, uh, you know, he made me without him. Uh, scientifically speaking, I, I wouldn't be able to be here. So I, I do. I love that. I love this life. I love being able to do this podcast. I love looking outside and breathing the air. I love my life. And he was a part of that. Um, so I have to love that. Um, and I also love the 25 year old cool dude that was probably just dating my mom and wasn't even thinking about having a kid yet. I think I love him too, because he, he was pretty much a stud, but anything past that, um, I think I have as much love for him as I have for, I don't know, a, a, I guess a stranger, which is like, you know, I, I, they're cool. Like, like you're, you're a human you're having your own experience. Like I, I wish you the best. And especially cause you have a family, like I wish you the best, but I can't necessarily say I, I love you because I, I reserve that for like my mother. You know, she is the Mount Rushmore of me. She is 
the Taj Mahal. Like she is that wonder of the world for me. So I love her. Do I want to put you in the same sense as that? No, that would be, I think that would be disrespectful to my mother, but then that'd be disrespectful to me as a person. So um, do I wish them the best? Yeah, for sure. And do I have forgiveness for them? I love my life and I'm thriving really well. So I can't really hold grudges. I'm not the best at holding grudges anyway. So yeah, I, I think I forgive them. I, I think it's hard for me to forgive someone who hurts my mother though. Um, since she is my heart, if you, if you attack her, you are on my list of people I don't like. And I feel as though, even though she doesn't show it because she is a very strong woman, um, and she shows me her emotions, but not towards him because I don't think she wants me to be confused or, or she's probably trying to protect me. Somehow mother's trying to protect me. Um, so because she won't show me how much he really hurt her, I can't hate him, but I know that he probably wasn't the best to her. So uh, I don't know. Do I forgive him? Yeah. I forgive him for leaving, but I don't know if I can forgive him for like hurting them. You know, <laughs> that, that's a long winded answer for <laughs> Dude, thank you for just going so deep into that. I'm glad you got to just let that spill out of you for a little while. That was amazing to uh, to see and to hear. And it's, um, it's been a while, Justin. It's been a while for sure. <laughs> thank you. I was gonna say, when's the last time you even like thought that deeply on it? I, I don't know, but it was just nice for that to to be seen. And it's like, Hunter, do you consider yourself a loving and forgiving person? Yeah. So don't let him change you, who you are. Yeah. That's well said that that's, I didn't look at it like that, but you're right. Cause there, uh, there's so many times where somebody will act a certain way towards me or towards someone I love, um, or have an experience with somebody and I'll feel like anger or hatred or negativity towards them. And I'll have that self-realization. I'm like, I'm taking my power back. I'm not going to allow you to change who I am. No, exactly. Right. And it's easy to do that. It's so much easier to do that just to feel that emotion in the moment. But it's like, I'm not going to, I just, yeah. I cannot allow you to dictate who I am and how I feel. Because when we give that ownership, when we give that power to somebody else, we just totally take it away. Uh, yeah. from ourselves. And is it always easy? It's really, really not. Um, but I think it's important for, yeah, us to, to realize that it's, it's, it's us who is changing. We think it's the other person, you know what I mean? But like, we're allowing them to change who we are and just to hold on tight to who we are. There it's, it's like, if you think about it, if you have, let's say a hundred seconds in life and you waste 10 of those seconds on hatred, you've just wasted one-tenth of your life um, on anger whenever the, the end result is you're still, you're still gonna, gonna die. So you might as well just try to spend those moments, again, taking ownership of, of your own life, taking ownership of your own feelings. Because regardless if you hate someone or love someone, I mean, you, you're ending in the same spot as everyone else. So you might as well use that time, that energy to love and to do something that makes you happy and to give yourself more autonomy. Mm. There was a video that, that this hit me real hard. It was literally Mike Tyson and somebody in the NFL and the guy in the NFL was talking like, like, and I've done this before, like real cool and real tough. It's like, yo, that person cuts me. That person does me wrong. I cut them off. Like F them. And, and like, I've been that way. You know, I think we've all in, in a yeah. moment been like, yeah, I'm tough. Like, you're not going to yeah. mess with me. You're out, buddy. You're cut off. 
And uh, he felt so proud about that. And Mike Tyson was like, no. He's like, what do you mean? No. He's like, this person did this to me. I'm supposed to just accept them. He's like, you're allowing that person to change you. That person is your master now. They changed who you are. They own you in that way. And, and literally mm -hmm. the football player was like, you could see the moment he had, he was like, wow. Yeah. And it really hit him to be like, oh shit. Like I am giving you my power and control. Yeah. And, and that's a testament to the human power, because first of all, you're saying the guy in the nineties who used to, in the late eighties, who used to bounce people's heads off canvases is literally giving such sage advice. So first of all, shout out to Mike for being able to just make that transition. But secondly, there is the human, that, that's the power that we have within us to become a violent force to now becoming uh, a sensei in the middle of the, in the middle of the forest, you know, like that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> literally he'll say he'll, he'll say certain things and i'm like how i'm like how are you having these insane revelations and these like higher consciousness thoughts and then it just teaches me again to not judge anybody people can like you just said people can change yeah, you know what i mean yeah. and just having that love for them dude and something i just i also i i just it keeps coming back to me throughout this conversation uh about your father is the relation, like it's so transparent and so obvious the relationship you have with your mom, what she means to you, what she sacrificed, the person she is to you in your life. And I can't help but keep thinking how, how incredibly beautiful your relationship with your mother is and how it wouldn't be that exact same way that it is if your father didn't act in the way he acted. And I, I think about that a lot. And then that, that comes down to the, uh, it comes down to, again, like, I agree with that 100%. And that's funny, because I don't like to give people, especially him, any credit for anything in my life. I like to give it all to my mom. But then you get to that instance, and you're right, like, if, hey, you know, if he hadn't left me, you know, Dave uh, was his, is his first name. And if he hadn't left me, uh, I wouldn't have this relationship with my mom. So I have to say, Dave, you know, thank you for that at least. That is such, uh, that's such a moment of growth and coming into your own and acting and being from a place of love to thank your father, but because you actually truly mean it because you see the gifts that has brought to you in your life and you see what, good it's actually brought into your life yeah good for you man i have so much love for you man i'm so proud of you and i just i'm not trying to like downplay that whole situation with your father at all i don't know what that experience is like but i just i still see in you just so much love and beauty that has come from that experience and i can't help but continue to focus on that man because like you said like and i love that you love the person you are uh I think it's important that every single person that is is put on earth uh, you're dealt cards and it's it's sort of how you play that hand and i know that's a it's a saying that's often thrown around but we really do all have our problems that um you know if it's not that your father was in your life it's something else um and it's how you deal with that trial and tribulation that truly makes you who you are as a person so uh, i i i you could say i wear the scar with pride or, or i i I'm happy with the hand that I was dealt because I'm very happy with the person I am today. And it's like, I think too, I'm like, would you be changing the world in the way that you're changing it? Would you be asking these questions, creating 
this space and these experiences, I, I don't, maybe, maybe yeah. not, but I'm grateful for you and who you are that you have created this, you know? Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the other things, so it's not, it's not a question that you asked, um, but it, it's more like completing the thought. So, mm-hmm. right. It's, I want to thank myself for listening. I, I want to thank myself for listening because it's something that I was uh, saying. So it's just my mom and I also, by the way, uh, I, she only has one child and has only ever had one child. And that's me. Um, for, for her growing up, she had a lot of anxiety, like social anxiety. Um, and she's very open with it. Like growing up, I knew like, she'd be like, mom's crazy. I'd be like, mom's crazy. Ha ha. Like I was five years old. She was telling me this. She was just trying to, you know, a kid doesn't understand social phobia. So she's going to say, I'm crazy. And you say, oh, mom is crazy. So she would say, uh, honey, I, I need you to go. If we were at McDonald's, she would say, could you get, and I'd be like seven years old, eight years old. She'd say, could you get the extra honey mustard for the fries? Or could you get the extra hot sauce for the fries? And she'd watch me all the time, but she was so nervous to go up to a person and ask that she would kind of have me do it. And um, growing up, like it was a survival tactic that I wanted to help my mom, you know, be able to survive. So I was the one that was talking to people. And so I was growing up conditioned to like talk and like stuff like that. I think I'm just very, I'm proud of myself for being able to listen so much as well because a lot was put on me to be the talker. Um, so I could have just been the talker, the speaker, the orator. I could have just always went on and on and never listened. Uh, somewhere in my life, I, I deemed listening more important than that. And through that, I've heard some gorgeous stories that guide me through my life. I mean, a lot of, a lot of who I am today and, and what I do is based on those things that I've heard. So yeah, listening. Yes. Nice. Um, and dude, I, I gotta say, I was, a uh... Because uh, you said before, you know, you don't, you haven't, you don't talk about your father a lot when, you know, I guess just in life or maybe on podcasts or whatever. And you were talking so much about your mom. And my thought was like, well, what about his dad? And I had fear to ask you about your dad. I was like, you know, ones if he's not alive anymore or ones if he left when he was younger, like, is that going to make Hunter feel uncomfortable? Am I going to ask the question in the right way? Like I had all these fear based, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. these fear based thoughts really quickly. And something I'm working on every day is choosing love over fear. And I knew based off of just even who you are, man, and barely knowing you, but already feeling a connection to you, that I'm like, I'm going to ask this question. I just, I, I feel like it's love and I can, you know, based on my fear on asking the question, even if that stuff exists, I can be here for Hunter to love him and to be kind to him, you know, and just be a space for him to express himself or whatever he needs to do. And look how that opened things up, right? By literally just choosing love over fear in a moment, what can really come from that? I, I thank you for asking me that question. Cause like you said, it's a question that's not asked too often. And I guess I never thought about why it wasn't asked too often, but from an interviewer standpoint, yeah, it makes sense. Like why would you want to potentially get the interviewee uncomfortable? And now maybe I won't open up, but you know, thank you. I, I think that it breaking down those barriers of communication is what really allows a conversation to flourish. And also you know, there's no such thing as a dumb question. And the only question you don't ask, I was taught this, is if a woman is pregnant. Other than that, uh, ask whatever you want. You know, you, I, I can, I, I'm open for any single question you got. 
Yeah. Well, man, th- of course, dude. And thank you just for being uh, just so uh, genuine, really, man. And just letting your heart speak and letting that come out, not, you know, shying away or withering away or um, not being true to yourself. So I, I just, I appreciate you so much for just for speaking and uh, sharing. I, I think it's our energies like uh, kind of synchronizing and synergy from each other. So thank you for that as well. Of course, buddy. Dude, and Hunter, do you think like, where do you, where do you see Hunter going in the future? You know, do you see yourself asking these questions continuously? Do you see it being something different? Like what do you kind of envision for yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely a few things. Uh, one, I'm still a nurse. I'm still a full-time nurse. Like I, I still work the same amount of hours as any other nurse could, um, even with overtime, you know, when they need it. Mm-hmm. But I see myself still continuing to ask these questions in short form because I love, uh, you know, getting to the point of these questions. I love that. But I also want to extrapolate it out to longer form. So I would love to start doing YouTube or um, if, you know, a show or something like that, something that allows longer conversation. Um, much like you doing this podcast, I think long form media is, there's such a need for it in this world because all too often we've been conditioned with sound bites mm-hmm. um, and, and, and it construes things. It makes it, you know, how you edit a sound bite can be very dangerous. Whereas how you edit a, you know, an hour podcast to a, a two hour podcast, you're, you're getting the whole person, you're getting the whole story there. you're going to understand things. So I think the number one request in like all my videos, the top comment is usually like, Oh, I need more of this. Like I need longer of this. Like where are these longer videos? Um, so I want, I want longer videos and I've, I've been working on that. Um, it's a little hard being, like I said, a full-time nurse and doing all this stuff, but I think as stuff starts to slow down, I'm going to get a better grasp on it. Um, I would love to, uh, you know, I'm my first, my first, um, degree that I was studying until I switched to nursing was English. Uh, I love reading. I love writing. So I would love to, it'd be crazy if I remember I left the field of English because my mom was like, Hey, sweetie, like, I think maybe. What if you try something in the medical field? My mom says, jump. So I jumped. So I tried something in the medical field and I became a nurse. And that's, that's where life took me. It would be so interesting if I end up writing a book, not being an English major. I, I grew up thinking I would write books because I was an English major. I let go of that dream to follow the medical dream. And if it comes back to me being able to write a book, I think that would be insane. And it wouldn't be a book on my life. I don't think I'm far uh, not interesting enough, but I think that people around the world, like there's strangers that have stories that, you know, maybe people um, want something tangible to hold, you know, something that they can read in their bed alone, something that doesn't require them to be on their phone on social media that can be hurtful for their mental health. Maybe they uh, can benefit from a book, you know, a book that can, that can have these same stories um, and you can build the same intimacy. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think a book is also a place that I like to go with it. Cool, man. Yes. Hold on to that dream, right? Just because you picked a different career path, maybe, you know, you going this way actually is going to bring you to writing a book where maybe before you wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have gone that way. Isn't life weird? And what if, you know, if if I'd have been an English major wanting to write a book, I probably never would have written a book. And now (laughs) life has its way. And now you have like literally like an infinite amount of people to talk to and stories to garner for you to, to write a book. Yeah. Uh, life is awesome, man. It really works out <laughs> in such great ways. Um, so Hunter, before, you know, I, I, before we cut out, I want to ask you the question I, I ask every single guest, 
Um, and um, my goal in life is really, uh, my goal in life is to help shift the consciousness of the planet to be in a place that's more loving and peaceful and kind and empathetic, forgiving, vulnerable, accepting of one another, literally having the mindset and the consciousness that we are more alike than we're different. Um, and just, you know, trying to, to help, help shift the world. It's just what we focus on, man. It's just a shift in consciousness and we can do that. Um, so how do you feel like every day in your actions and who you are, you are helping contribute to that sort of a, of a shift in consciousness? I think uh, from a workforce perspective, um, that's what you have to do in the medical field is you have to, the, the patients you get come in and they are in an otherwise unsettling setting. They're sitting in an ICU, if not an ICU, they're still in a hospital bed, whether it be the ER waiting room or whether it be the worst bed you can get in the ICU. This person is in a, a really unsettling moment in their life. So to try to get them out of their headspace in that and to focus on the healing and and the, the moments and get through this moment so you can get through the next moment um, because there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's an ultimate goal you're trying to reach. So, you know, be aware that this is all the stepping stone of, of the start of that. Uh, so that, you know, at four, four or five days a week, I'm doing that. But um, from a content, you know, and what I do outside of work, I think just letting people know that you know, before you get mad at that person that's sitting at the stoplight for too long, or, or before you, you know, get mad at that person on the subway, or before you think that person's like weird looking and is walking kind of weird and you think it's strange, realize that they are 100% factually within them holding a beautiful story and a beautiful story that is waiting to be read, waiting to be listened to. So know that there's strangers all around us, but, um, you know, they're not really that strange. Hmm. Yes. Man, if we could all just see, see each other really more alike and just understand that we do. We all have our own story. We're all so similar. We've all experienced such similar things to one another. And just if we can just connect with each other on that, like anything, I'm just so about anything that helps bring us closer to each other. Um, so appreciate that being a huge part of who you are for real. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate this platform to be able to spread positivity like that. Yes, absolutely. All right, dude, before we, uh, we do cut out, if you can just let uh, everyone know your handles, social media, any way that people can check out your content or, uh, or just get in touch with you. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Hunter Prosper. Uh, that's you know, my birth name. And so all of my social medias are Hunter Prosper. There's you no know, underscore with them. It's always at Hunter Prosper. So uh, working on the verification of all of them too. So, you know, uh, make sure there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I've noticed it's weird, Justin, as I get more like followers, I get more people copying like who I am and, and not just the content I make, but literally my name and profile picture. <laughs> so if you see a hunter with like two followers and he's writing in your DMs and saying, Hey, send me your number. I'll give you a story. Uh, don't listen, <laughs> mm. but uh, it's, it's going to be at Hunter Prosper on TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube, um, if you want, you know, you want to follow me on Facebook, my, my grandma writes to me all the time on that. So Hunter Prosper, there's just a space in between that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> awesome, man. Definitely check out um, Hunter's pages, his content. I'm telling you, it'll blow your mind. Some of the responses that you hear, and it really will make you realize how alike all of us are. Thank right? you, Justin. Of course, dude. Some of the questions I feel like that you've asked recently, what's the most painful thing you've been told? I already asked you, how do you describe love? 
what is the worst pain you felt that wasn't physical? What was the name? Uh, I love this. What was the name of your first love and why did you fall in love with them? Think about everybody, how much that opens up a person and how deep you can dive into a stranger. It's incredible, man. Appreciate everything that you're doing. Definitely go check out Hunter's Pages. My man, I have so much love for you, buddy. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being who you are, letting your heart shine and show up in the world every single day that how you do, not only in your content that you're putting all over social media, which is touching so many people, but what you do as a nurse every single day, man, because that is so special and that is so important as well. Justin, it's all love over here. Thank you so much and keep spreading your love too. I will do, buddy. Everybody, thank you for being here and uh, chilling with me and Hunter for a little bit. We love you so much. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Understand that um, you have the power of who you are. No one outside of you controls or dictates who you are and how you show up in the world. Don't ever give them that power. Don't ever give your power away. Love you all. We'll see you next time. Thanks, buddy.